Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 176 is episode 92, Zero Waste-ish Cooking with Debt Kick and Mom. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are playing another one of our listener favorites from 2019. And that is our interview with Debt Kick and Mom about reducing food waste. We love to talk about food, how to cook it, when and why to cook it, how to make the most of everything you've got in your kitchen, how to not waste it. So yeah, it's good. And then and then pair that with interviews being our favorite thing to do, bringing in a third person so it's not just Jen and I talking at you. So it's a good one. Yeah. And there's a reason this is one of our most downloaded episodes because Angela just drops so much wisdom in here. And so we also have an update from her because she hasn't been on Instagram for a while. I know a lot of you have followed her. And so I will share that right after our sponsors. Also brought to you by What's for Dinner. All the kids everywhere gathered together to sponsor the show with their favorite question. Happens to be the very same question that parents and other adults everywhere are asking themselves. Well, here's the answer. Whatever's in the pantry. Okay, kids? What's for dinner? Sometimes the most difficult question we will ever be asked and we'll rarely have an answer for. And when we do, everyone is still not very happy about it. Absolutely. This is also sponsored by husbands, um, not just kids. Sponsored by them. <laughs> we, the we, all, we all ask the question. That's probably what makes it most frustrating is because oh we just God. don't have an answer to it. Ugh, I don't know. I have to think about dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully Duck Kick and Mom can help us with that. Yes. So I emailed Angela the other day because we obviously haven't heard from her on Instagram or YouTube for a while. And she responded very quickly. So she is alive and healthy. She says, I'm doing well, thankfully and gratefully. It's been an interesting year, but I really cannot complain about any of it. Uh, I may be making a comeback to social media before the end of the year, Lord willing. Take care and hope to see you soon. So 
That is from Angela, Debt Kick and Mom. And she taught hybrid last year. Um, she's a teacher. And so I we have many friends who taught hybrid last year, and it was just a cluster cuss. So if you are a teacher, shout out to you. And if your takeout bill was bigger the last year, you're doing okay. Don't beat yourself up about it because it was hard. <laughs> It's hard. Oh, yeah, teachers, man. You guys yeah. really did it. Uh, hopefully with this new back-to-school season, you're finding it a little easier so we can start talking again about optimizing the food in your pantry and fridge. So without further ado, let's get back into our interview with Angela from Depp Kicking Mom. Welcome, Angela, to the Frugal Friends Podcast. We are so stoked to have you on. Uh, it was such a pleasure to meet you in October um, yes. at Ramsey Solutions, like in person. So it's cool yeah. to hang out again. Yes, it was so nice to meet you. And I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm a big fan. So <laughs> we are, oh, and we are big fans of you and your. Aww. YouTube channel. I love what you're doing. So glad to have you. And I'm sure our listeners will enjoy what you have to say too. You bring such a good perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. That is awesome. Well, this is great. I'm glad I can be considered one of the frugal friends. (laughs) It's not that hard, but you're in. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. So for people that don't know about your debt-free story, can you can you give us the rundown on that? Because I love yeah. your story, and I think it's so many people are where you guys were, yeah. and are feeling hopeless. And you yeah. have you've just given a story of inspiration to so many people. Oh well, thank you, and that means a lot, and that is why I continue to share it because so many people resonate. Because the fact of our story is that we were just very, very, very normal for a very, very long time. And that caught up to us financially. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I can, I'll give the condensed version, but (laughs) basically me and my husband got married pretty young. Like I was 21 and 23 and we were fresh out of college and, you know, we started a family really young and basically our entire twenties was spent like having babies, playing house and going into debt. And we just, I mean, the truth is, is that we got married young. We weren't making a lot of money, but we were just kind of doing what you normally do. You get married, you have kids, you buy a house. Mm. And we had no clue about personal finance because like most people, you don't really talk about it. You know, Mm -hmm. you may talk about budgeting a little bit with your parents. You know, they may teach you that money doesn't grow on trees and whatever, but they don't, I mean, we just personally didn't get that upbringing where we were taught, you know, how to, how to handle personal Mm -hmm. finance. And I think that that's so normal because most people Mm -hmm. I talk to don't even feel comfortable talking about personal finance. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that's kind of, that's, that's our story. So basically we spent almost a decade of our marriage having babies, being house poor and trying to survive off of one income because we had this family and we were just being like trying to just do what we thought was normal. Um, you know, you have, you get a job. My husband was making not very much money fresh out of college, mm. um, got a job. 
started having kids. I wanted to stay home with my kids. So we were living off of one income and we were just always broke and always living paycheck to paycheck. And it was fine. We didn't graduate school with, um, uh, at this point, we didn't have student loan debt. Mm. So we kind of were just paycheck to paycheck, just managing. But slowly but surely, we started racking up that credit card debt. And I mean, I'm talking over the course of like a decade, you know, an emergency would come up and we could never save money. We just weren't disciplined. We didn't know how to live life on a budget. We could never really save money. So anytime an emergency came up, we were using that credit card. We would get like a tax return and be able to pay it off. But then the next emergency would come up and we just kind of lived this cycle. And then the biggest thing is when we bought our first house, we are from California. We don't live in California now. We live in South Carolina now. But when we bought our first house, we became house poor. Like we bought this house. It was just too expensive for us. We couldn't afford it. We were on one income, but um, we wanted it. And we wanted what we wanted now, you know? And mm-hmm. even though we're living paycheck to paycheck, um, I don't even know how we got approved for our mortgage. Like I look back and I'm just like, this is crazy times. Like I don't get it. But we did. And that's when things got really out of control. You look at the statistics and this is why I share this story because I talk about it and I, I kind of get embarrassed where I'm like, gosh, we were always so broke, but yet we kept buying things, you know, in our lifestyle, we never modified our lifestyle to live below our means. But like mm-hmm. statistically, like it's, what is it? Like 70 to 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Like mm-hmm. most, people most people live exactly the way yeah. that we were living for a decade. So like I said, you know, we just spent our 20s having kids, growing our family and getting into debt. And it caught up to us. And basically we found ourselves where we could not make it anymore. We were like drowning in debt payments. It was so hard to live off of my husband's income because even every time he would get a raise and we'd have more income, somehow we managed to spend it all, right? Because uh-huh. we still didn't know how to budget. We didn't understand how to budget, how to save. I mean, I, we understood it. We just wouldn't practice it. We couldn't put it into practice, you know? Um, You can write numbers down, but it's actually (laughs) sticking to it. That is exactly right. Right. Or we were just in denial, you know, about how much we were spending. We weren't tracking spending. There's so many little pieces of it that we just weren't doing that seem like common sense and it is common sense, but we know the majority of people don't do that. And that's why debt is such an issue for so many people. Mm -hmm. And, um, it caught up to us about after when I was, uh, pregnant with my third child, we were at probably the rough, one of the roughest parts financially. We'd always lived paycheck to paycheck, but my husband had a new job and we, now we didn't have health insurance Mm -hmm. and we ended up having two babies without health insurance paying for out of pocket. And now we had all this medical debt on top of our credit card debt, our mortgage, it's just, you know, the rat race, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time, I realized like, you know, this life, this life of me being a stay-at-home mom and having, you know, my kids in my house, we can't keep up with it anymore. And I realized I was going to have to, in order to keep up with our debt payments, I was going to go have to go back to work. So I started going to school. Well, <laughs> my mindset was so like, okay, I'm going to go to school. Well, how the heck am I going to pay for that? So I take out Over the course of about four or five years of being a stay-at-home mom and going to school at night, I took out $40,000 in student loans on top of like already $30,000 in debt that we had. I took out the loans so that one day I could make enough money to pay off that debt. You know, so now here we are, I'm about to graduate. We have four small, well, I graduate. 
we have four small kids and, but now my loans are coming out of deferment, still stay at home mom. I still have small kids. And the reality is just like, what in the heck? We have $77,000 of consumer debt on top of our mortgage, student loans, car, car loan, <laughs> credit card debt, medical debt, personal loan, like just all this stuff. Like, and it just became like, I, we can't even afford the minimum payments. Even if I do work, it's like, it's for nothing. It's just to pay for the debt. And this is going to be our life for the next at least decade of student mm. loan debt, but probably even more because we're still not going to be pay, pay off our other debt. So it just, you know, you can just see how it took Ugh. time to get where we were at. It was It feels suffocating. like so stuck, suffocating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or hopeless. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I can just feel yeah. people listening to this just nodding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can like see them in my head. They're uh-huh. in their car and they're because they are doing the same exact thing or they've done the same exact thing. Well, yes. and I love how yeah. you call it normal. We were living normal yeah. lives. You're not talking yeah. about going to the salon every day yeah, and do, living a luxurious life. You're having yeah. babies and living in a house. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I've always <laughs> said that. And that was part of my mindset too, is I was like, we don't live this extravagant life. We've always dri- driven used cars. Like I don't, Yeah. well, I had a shopping problem, but it wasn't like a name brand. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, name yeah. brands or anything. It was very, we lived what we felt was a modest life. But mm-hmm. like you said, it, mm-hmm. life is just expensive, you know? Right. And it was just all these things happening. Um, and yeah, I always, the picture that I get is is just suffocating. Like just mm-hmm. slowly the weight of it, the weight of it was, yeah, just suffocating to us. Which and can that, make us immobile. Yeah. That can yeah. paralyze us to do anything about it, so which true. then repeats the cycle. So true. So yeah. true. So what was yeah. the breaking point? Yeah. So the breaking point was we, so this is, there was lots of things that happened right over the years where I was like, we, this is not working, this is not working, but you're in survival mode. And like you said, you're paralyzed by it. You're in denial. It's just, what are we going to do? It feels hopeless. Um, well, we ended up going on a vacation and it ended up being kind of like our sick and tired moment. We took all of our kids on this vacation, but we couldn't afford a vacation. So I was like looking for deals and I ended up finding this deal, but there was totally a catch. You had to listen to a timeshare sales <laughs> pitch. Yeah. I know. Like, everybody's just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, like it was, I know. So this is just, this is just where we were at. Like emotionally, yeah. I was just like, we just need to have a break. And yeah. so we end up going on this vacation and it's super cheap. We stay like two nights in the mountains at this nice resort, but the catch is we have to go to this timeshare sales pitch. And that was my first time ever doing anything like that. I had heard people say like, oh, just go. You're not, you know, don't buy the timeshare, of course. Like we were too broke to even consider buying a timeshare. We knew that that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, we thought it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, it ended up being the most horrible experience ever. This timeshare salesman, like I didn't know how I would react in that situation, but he is a real person. And he's trying desperately to get us to buy this timeshare. And we told him from the get-go, like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're here to get the deal. Um, And I just learned something about myself on like a human level. Like, 
I had gotten to a point where I was wasting, like we were so broke. We needed this vacation so bad. We find this budget vacation. And like, I just felt like we were taking advantage Mm. of this guy whose job was to sell us something. And at the end of the day, if he wasn't going to sell us a timeshare sales pitch, he doesn't get that commission. He starts talking about his family and I could almost hear like a desperation in his voice, you know? And it was just this really human moment where I connected with this timeshare salesman, the fact that we were taking advantage of this deal. Mm -hmm. And I just felt gross. Mm -hmm. You know, it's right after Christmas. We put Christmas on a credit card. Like we put this vacation on a credit card. Here's this timeshare salesman trying to get us to help him get his commission, you know? And we're like, no, 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 we don't mean to be rude, but no, he's talking about his family. He starts bringing up his, you know, his time in the military. My brother was in the military and it's just like, wow, this is our real life. And, um, it just, the whole thing felt sleazy and gross. And that night, um, I end up getting a text message. So we went to this timeshare sales pitch, went out to dinner, go back to the resort room. And I get a text message on my phone from my bank telling me that we maxed out our last credit card from the dinner that we had put on it. Like we had overdrawn the credit card and it was like, it's canceled. You can't use that. We're in the mountains with four babies. And honestly, like, I'm like, I don't even know how we're going to get gas to go home. Do we have enough in the checking account? Because I was kind of relying on the credit card until my husband gets paid next because there's nothing in the checking account. And it hit me and I, I get emotional every time, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. And at this time I was handling all the finances. My husband was earning the money, but he was okay with me just kind of handling it. Mm. And I knew the gravity of the situation. He did not. He went to bed that night, put my kids to bed and I could not sleep. And I was in this resort (laughs) hotel room on this vacation, looking at my phone, you know, broke and Real And after this whole experience with the salesman, you know, and all that, I just felt like, wow. And that was our sick and tired moment. And I ended up staying up that night, pulling up all my accounts, every debt payment that we owed. Like I just started writing it down on the hotel notepad and just listing. I was like, the, wow, wow. You know, and it was just, I looked at everything and I said, the thing is, is we cannot keep doing this. And it was this broken point. So then the next day, um, well, we ended up going home the next day. And it was that night that I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I need to talk to you. He knew we had debt, you know, mm-hmm. but he didn't understand the, the magnitude of it. I didn't understand the magnitude of it until that night when I sat down and started writing everything out. And what prompted me to write everything out was because I was like, oh my gosh, we maxed out our credit card. Can I get another one? (laughs) Can I get another credit card? So I'm like, well, what all credit cards do I have? And I'm writing them all down. How much is my debt? You know, I just start pulling up all these different accounts. And then it was like, oh my gosh, this is way worse than I thought. You know, I Mm -hmm. stared the monster in the face for the first time that night. And then I had to talk to my husband about it and be like, you can't be in denial anymore. I can't do this on my own anymore. And we got to do something different. And that Mm -hmm. is literally where it all started. That was right after Christmas. It became our new year's resolution to start getting out of debt. Wow. Wow. Bean dad, the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online and Hey, I do too. 16th minute of fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? 
I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. I feel happy just here, like, like experiencing that story. Yeah, you told it so well that there's such, for me, like an emotional connection with your story yeah. right now. <laughs> we all need to like process this together now. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good because it's real life. And I think so mm-hmm. many people find themselves in that place. I think what is so powerful is how normal your story is and sounds and how many people could Mm -hmm. connect with it at different points. And we say it could feel so immobilizing, so paralyzing. And yet you can almost get to this point of enough, which then can propel you towards something different. Not that I would ever say to somebody like, make sure you get to absolute rock bottom and buy everything that you want (laughs) so that maybe you get like motivated after that. But yeah, can you, can you tell us then briefly what happened from there and, and how, are you out of debt now? Right. Like for our listeners, like, can you give us the update to like, bring us back, back up out for what you've experienced? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So when me and my husband had that talk, uh, we actually had ended up having a great resource because my mother-in-law, she taught Financial Peace University, like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. She taught that at her church and she had mentioned it to us before. No, you know, not in any sort of way like you need it. Mm-hmm. She had no idea what was going on. But, um, she talked about how she hosted that. So my, so, and we kind of looked, I was like, I think that's the get out of debt guy or the budgeting guy, right? The financial peace guy. Yeah. And I was like, man, financial peace sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> is well titled. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some financial peace. So call your mom and ask her about that. And without telling his mom anything about our situation, he just said, Hey, what's that class? And could me and Angela take it? And you know, we're mm-hmm. interested in it. And she was like, I will buy you a Financial Peace University kit tonight and it'll be it'll be in the mail. She was like, didn't ask any questions. But she was Aww. so excited that he had asked Good. her. She yeah. bought it for us, gifted it to wow. us. We ended up getting it a few days before the new year because this all happened in that short little time frame after Christmas, you know, before New Year. 
And we ended up getting that Financial Peace University and we got the online version of it and took the whole course in like nine days. Like, you know, we just (laughs) would binge watch Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And um, it was intense. It was a lot, but it definitely got us on that track of like, okay, we need to have a budget. It needs to be, you know, we need to give every dollar a name. We need to be very intentional. We need to cut expenses. And it basically just gave us all the building blocks of where to start. You know, the whole idea of like, you know, having a small starter emergency fund and then paying off debt. Okay. And, he, and pay him off from smallest to large. It just gave us a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gave us a plan. And we just started. We just started budgeting, cutting expenses. And it was, and when I say we just started, I mean, yes, it almost felt like overnight. It was like, okay, we're done spending money. We're mm-hmm. budgeting. But it definitely took some time to like work that all out, yeah. figure out how much we were spending. I would say it took us a good like 90 days to really kind of get it figured out. And then over the course of three years, mm-hmm. we paid off $77,000 of debt. We paid off wow. all of our consumer debt in three years. And the crazy thing is that it was mostly on one income. Two and a half mm-hmm. years of that was on my husband. Uh, he was at an entry level engineering position. So that kind of gives you an idea on our income, you know, definitely middle class, but one income. And um, I started teaching. So, you know, part of my story is that I went to grad school, Mm -hmm. got my master's in teaching, but I still had young kids at home. And we started the journey before I went back to work. Um, About five months before we paid off our last debt is when I started teaching. So the majority of our debt-free journey was on one income. So it really was about not raising our income for us in order to pay off that debt. It was about cutting expenses where Mm -hmm. my mindset before had always been like, when we raise our income, we'll finally get caught up. But we made the decision to like, we're going to start now and we just cut expenses. So frugality was definitely something that I embraced, especially being in the position where I was a stay-at-home mom. I felt like, you know, that was a blessing for me. I had some time. I was home. I could do a lot in the home. I can control Mm. a lot of these budget categories and save money. So that is where everything starts for me as far as like my message and what I share when it comes to, you know, how I've been able to cut expenses and learn to live below our means Mm. and and, and, you know, kind of get out of that cycle of consumerism and spending money mindlessly. That was our story. That's how we paid off our debt in three years. So yeah, three years later. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I'm over here snapping. I know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's crazy. And it's so freeing. So we've been debt free for a year now. Wow. Um, Yeah. We just celebrated one year of being debt free and we have, over a six-month emergency fund in the bank. We have started retirement investing. We have started college savings for our kids. And like, and it can literally, be done. So it yeah. can be done. Yeah. And four years ago, you were at your breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Four right. years ago. Yeah. What that Anyone time. can think back like, where was I four years ago? Yeah. And where am I now? Like, mm-hmm. what has yep. been the transformation that I've made in four years? Yeah. And could I have done more? And it sounds like it keeps building upon itself for you, Angela, Mm -hmm. of the things that you're learning. And I know a big thing that you talk about and you help your viewers with is food and food prep and reducing food waste. And Mm -hmm. we'd love to pick your brain on this. I know that you've probably learned so much in your debt payoff and then your year out of debt. But what prompted you to start focusing on specifically reducing food waste as part of your journey? Yeah. So, um, 
it all started with my journey in frugality, right? Like yeah. learning how to save money and cut expenses. And one thing that really struck accord with me when we were looking at our budget was that, you know, there's these major budget categories like housing, transportation, food, and there's probably what there's probably another one, <laughs> but like these yeah. major, you know, these major budget categories that like, those are the major, that's the bulk of your income. And if you can lower any one of those, you're going to be able, you know, significantly, you're going to be able to pay off more debt. So really it was about creating a debt snowball and we're a family of six. And our grocery budget could be astronomical if you I can let imagine. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, our gro- so we started looking at how much we were spending on food and we were spending about a thousand dollars on food every month and then probably more on eating out. So it was just like our grocery bill was a thousand dollars. And, you know, um, I was like, wow, you know, if I can control this, we could contribute a lot more to our debt snowball. Mm. So that's kind of where it started, like just totally selfish frugality. I need to save money. We need to pay off debt reasons. And it all kind of started with this challenge to myself to lower my grocery budget. And that started with some pantry challenges, you know, like I started thinking, okay, well, if we can just not spend money at the grocery store this week and just eat up the food that we have. We're going to save money. So it started doing that. And as I started doing these pantry challenges and, you know, lowering my grocery budget, not buying as much at the, at the store, I started to become just acutely aware of how the abundance of food that I had on hand when before my mindset was that we didn't have enough, or I can't really make anything out of what I've got. But these pantry challenges would force me to get creative. And somehow I was always able to put plenty of food on the table for my four kids and my husband and myself. And it just changed everything for me. Like I started seeing like, wow, what visually looks like maybe, maybe you don't have enough. If you are creative and resourceful, you have plenty. And then I started just becoming really aware of how much food I was throwing away, or I guess how much in the past I was overbuying. Uh-huh. I was just overbuying food. I had yeah. food on hand that I wasn't using. I don't need to buy more. Yeah. Um, so I realized how much I was overbuying and then started realizing how much I was wasting. Yeah. And once I, and I'm a researcher by just like hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, it's my hobby to research. Ooh, I feel you on that girl. Yes, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I'm like, wow, you know how much, do people waste? You know, Uh I can't be the only one. And very quickly you do an internet search (laughs) on food waste and there's Mm. so much resources out there. And this, the statistics just blew me away. Right. Um, Mm. there's a website called save the food.com. And I love that website and that website you log on and it gives you so many tips for, you know, reducing food waste and all that. But anyways, the statistics is what stuck out to me. It was that 40% of food in the United States is wasted. And and you might think like, oh, okay, 40% of food, but consumers on, on the consumer end, we contribute mostly to that. Like a lot of people wow. will say like, oh, you know, it happens because, you know, in the, in the farms or in transportation. Yes. Right. But that statistic factors in mostly consumers who are wasting food. And then there's this at the <laughs> bottom of that website, there's a calculator that you can do where you can see your, at your, family size and what on average the amount of food that people waste. And for a family of six, 
the average family of six will waste almost $200 a week in food. $186 was the average, according to this website. And I mean, I don't know exactly how they get their statistics, but I knew that we were wasting food. I knew how much we were wasting. And um, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, that came out to like over 2,000, like 2,200 a year that my family was probably just throwing food away Mm -hmm. Um, or the average family of six. That's a family of six. Family of four wastes about $1,500 a year in food just by throwing it away, according to that website. So the statistics just shocked me. And I realized that it was like a huge problem. And I thought, wow, you know, like so many people want to lower their grocery budget. Are they aware of how much food that they are throwing away? So that I just kind of started sharing with people how we were reducing food waste and that was saving me hundreds of dollars. And so that kind of became my goal. I could save the most money if I could reduce mm. the most food waste. And also, you know, yeah, buying frugal foods and learn and that kind of stuff could mm-hmm. reduce it even more. You could save a hundred dollars a week by just not throwing stuff away, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where I started sharing with people like, are you aware of how much you're buying and how much you're actually yeah. eating? And that sort of thing. Again, it's the awareness piece of we can think, Mm -hmm. but it's not that big of a deal. But then actually look at it and realize, no, this is actually an area where you could save significantly based on how much you're not using or throwing away that it it could make a big dent in that budget and debt payoff journey. It requires so much self-awareness. I mean, the whole debt-free journey requires self-awareness and (laughs) food waste is no different. (laughs) It's like looking that person in the mirror and being like, okay, and just not being in denial. But yeah, being self-aware of how much food you're wasting, Mm -hmm. how much food, I mean, you know, we have this mindset and especially in our, you know, our culture is very visually based, right? Like, you know, I think about, I'm on Instagram a lot, right? So I think about just how people want to fill their feeds with things that are just beautiful and abundant. And I think we're kind of, you know, we think of having enough as be, as having like an abundance of something, but if you're not actually, you know, like talk about produce, the number one wasted thing is produce, right? I mean, it is because it doesn't, mm. the shelf life isn't good. And that, that's the number one wasted thing, produce. So, but produce is the healthiest thing, right? We want to fill our cart with this abundance of produce. And it's like, oh, you know, you fill your fridge with the rainbows of produce and you think it's healthy. <laughs> but if you're self-aware, it's like, it's not healthy to have a bunch of produce. It's healthy to eat a bunch of produce, <laughs> right? Yes. So it's like, are you yeah. eating that or are you throwing it away? And does it look beautiful yes. when you take a picture of your fridge? Or but how sad does it look when it's going in the trash? That's can? a and real thing. That that's a real thing. Like t- talking about image, right? It actually, yeah. I've realized yeah. this, and it took my husband to point it out to me that I care how my grocery cart looks. And he's like, "Don't fool yes. yourself. You like Eggo <laughs> waffles too. Like yes. you're just worried yeah. about what the cashier's gonna think. But then we get oh home, and you're not gonna eat that rhubarb." <laughs> So, but it's a pretty purple. Yes. yes, No, I, I totally get it. And I still kind of feel that way sometimes when I'm putting my stuff up on the belt at Aldi and I'm like, Ooh, do I have, I have a frozen pizza. Do I have enough spinach to like counteract (laughs) this pizza, right? Do I have like, enough spinach that nobody that, in my house is going to eat? Right, exactly. So that is, I mean, that's about being self-aware is realizing, yes, pro. I mean, our family, it, you know, with my kids, you eat at least one fresh produce 
every for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. You got to have some sort of fresh produce, and we have an abundance of it for snacks, but not an overabundance that's going to get wasted. We just don't. I'm acutely aware and intentional about how much produce I bring into my house, and I bring in just enough that is either gonna that we're gonna get is gonna get eaten, or it's if there is excess, I figure out ways that I can freeze it or reuse it. But yeah. I just am like, I am not going to throw produce away. And sometimes that means that I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing an abundance of it in my house. I'm bringing in only what we're going to eat. Perfect. So, That's a yeah. great segue because I wanted to hear your tips for reducing food waste. So only yeah. bringing in what you will realistically consume. Yes. That's a, a great one. Do you have any others? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I think of uh, every time somebody asks me for tips on reducing food waste, like, how'd you do it? I'm like, it goes back to like maybe what you learned in elementary school about wasting anything, right? Reducing waste across the board. It's those three R's like reduce, right? Reduce, mm -hmm. reuse, or recycle. And that's like the most basic way to think of it. So we just talked about reducing, reduce the amount of food that you are bringing into your home. And I do this by mainly, and I talk about it on my YouTube channel. I have like a whole video where I walk you through the steps of my zero food waste meal planning because it's this process that I use where I always take inventory of what I have before I meal plan or make my grocery list. I always take inventory of what I have, like everything, what's in the freezer, what's in the refrigerator, everything that I need to use up. And I meal plan around what I have mm. because that means when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm not buying things that I don't need. Um, not only am I not buying things that I don't need, but I have a plan for the things that I do have to get used up. So I'm reducing how much I bring into my home. And if you're not buying it, then you're saving money, right? Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. also not going to waste it. So reducing is honestly the number one way that you can reduce waste. And that's across the board for anything, reducing your consumption. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, we need food to eat. Yes, we need lots of healthy, nutritious food to eat, but be realistic, be self-aware of how much you actually eat, how much is actually an appropriate portion size for you and your kids and your husband and all that, like how much <laughs> do you actually need and stop overbuying. Stop overbuying and stop worrying about that image, you know? And it mm -hmm. might not be an image for anybody else. It might just be your own image. Like, oh, I want to yeah, eat Yeah, that's more. what it's for me. That's, yeah, exactly. I want to eat more healthy food and all that. But you probably are eating enough. You're eating what you, you know? So anyways, that that's the number one thing is to reduce. And um, that is really... And even when we get more on like a, you know, really thinking about the food waste epidemic, that's what experts would recommend. They would recommend reducing the amount that you... You purchase in order to not have to throw it away, um, you know, because it's about supply and demand too. If we are buying for you know twice as much produce as we actually need, they're going to keep supplying twice as much produce than we actually need, and the way the food waste cycle is going to continue. Mm -hmm. So we can make a difference by reducing our consumption and just dec decreasing that demand because we don't really need it, right? Yeah. So, and then, you know, you go into the other idea, which is to reuse. So I apply this to food waste, reuse food in different ways. So reusing leftovers, um, preserving food. I really love my freezer. I freeze everything. Uh, most things can be frozen. 
Uh, if you walk down the freezer aisle and kind of take a look at all those convenience foods or prepackaged foods, anything that is an ingredient in one of those things can be frozen in your own freezer by yourself. Like you don't have, you know, there's not some magic potion that enables you to like, you know, freeze a green bean. Like you can freeze your fresh green beans, you know? So just I freeze food, preserving food when you can um, and reusing leftovers is, um, so important. And that takes some creative uh, thinking. It takes some resourcefulness. It takes some trial and error. But if you have that that mentality of, I'm going to waste as little food as possible. I'm going to meal plan around the food that I have. You'll figure out ways to use mm-hmm. what you have on hand. And um, that's that reuse portion. Figure mm-hmm. out ways to use food in different ways. And keep it simple. Like you don't have to be coming up with some like, you know, extravagant meal from leftovers. It could just be that maybe you just have like a potluck night at home where you take out all the bits and scraps and put it on the table and tell everybody to just have a little bit of everything. I do that like two or three times a week in my house because (laughs) with six people there, you know, I might have a little bit of chicken left and a little bit of, you know, pasta left or whatever. It's not enough to feed everybody the same meal, but everybody can kind of do a potluck style. And then we use up the food that we have. So I do that Mm -hmm. all the time. So that's that reuse portion. And then there is that idea of just when it comes to reducing waste, maybe that recycle portion, if there's food that you just cannot, you know, eat anymore, but you don't want to throw it away, uh, especially with produce, you can recycle those produce scraps um, into compost, something like that, you know, but I do always put this disclaimer out there. It's composting or regrowing food is like kind of like a trendy thing and you see a lot of it, but actually it only... Um, will reconcile about 1% of the resources that it took to produce that food. So uh, keep that in mind. The best way to reduce food waste is to reduce the amount that you're bringing in and to Mm -hmm. reuse it. Mm -hmm. Those are really the ways that you are going to stop throwing food away, which will absolutely lower your grocery bill. Nice. Yeah. Excellent tips. And I'm taking notes on it. So we'll have it in our show notes for people who are like, wait, okay, what are all these different things? What applies to me? We touched on this already a a bit, but I'm curious to pick your brain a little more on how do you stay healthy while saving money on groceries? Yeah, well, actually, so the crazy thing is that when I started this whole journey of reducing our food waste, you know, um, meal planning differently, and um, trying to buy frugal ingredients um, that I could make stretch across the board for my family, I ended up buying a lot more like wholesome ingredients. So Mm. I was making beans and lentils from scratch. I was making soups from scratch. I was making chicken broth from scratch. Um, I was eating up more produce because I didn't want to throw it away. Um, You know, I was, I, I realized that wow, you know, I'm not buying convenience food because convenience foods are expensive. I'm not buying a lot of processed food because they're, you know, they can be more expensive as well. So there's kind of this thing where people are like, oh, you know, cheap food is unhealthy food. Uh-huh. And that's not really the case. The cheapest food in the grocery store is going to be like your beans, your dry beans. It's going to be your flour to make your mm-hmm. own bread if you want to. I mean, you can get really where if you're only using whole ingredients, it's going to be those whole chickens, you know, that are like 99 cents a pound or whatever. Um, Those are all very, very healthy foods and uh, and produce that's in season and all that. 
those are all very, very healthy foods. So I found that I actually ended up losing. I mean, not that weight was never losing weight was never a goal for me, but I ended up losing weight when we started our debt free journey. I think it was um, me just having being super intentional about you know we were we weren't eating out at right. all. So we were eating all home cooked meals. Yeah. I was cooking from scratch mostly, and um, and when I say cooking from scratch. I don't want you guys to think that like, I hear that and I'm like, don't, I don't bake bread or anything like that. I might bake Mm -hmm. some rolls to go with our soup. Those are easy. But like, I am not a good cook. And I created a, a cookbook called Simply Frugal just to like prove to people how basic it can be <laughs> to learn how to cook. Because I'm talking like when I'm cooking from scratch, like I learned how to boil a pot of beans. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, put that on a thing of rice with some lettuce. And, you know, and that's what I mean by cooking from scratch is you don't have to be some amazing cook. It's like cooking very simple ingredients, just learning how to cook those staples, those mm-hmm. basics. And it's it's healthy food. It's nutritious food that I cook. I cook very little processed food because that's just more expensive and doesn't yeah. taste as good. And so I found that eating out less, you know, cooking mostly wholesome ingredients, what it, it helped me to, you know, I kind of lost the last of the baby weight. Not that that was really even a goal of mine at the time. I wasn't even focused on that, but I lost that last of the baby weight and I've maintained a healthy weight for the last almost four years now, um, without ever going on a diet or trying to buy any sort of diet food or anything like that. I feel like, you know, just go back, going back to the basics of just intuitive eating, you know, eating when you're hungry Mm. and stopping eating when you're not hungry. So that's something that we practice in our house. I never make my kids clear their plate, but because we are a zero food waste home, like that's what we strive for. If they don't eat their dinner, I just put some saran wrap over it and put it in the fridge. And if they get hungry, that's what they're eating later on. But it allows them to still eat intuitively. They don't have to clear their plate because we're a zero food waste family. Like, oh, my mom won't let me throw the food away. No, you're just going to eat it later. So (laughs) that's an awesome tip. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. And so we end up, you know, we end up being able to balance this idea of, eating intuitively, eating when we're hungry, not really having a bunch of food rules, but because we value um, not throwing food away and and being resourceful and being grateful for the food that we have, it, it all kind of plays together. And our family, I think, is very healthy nutritionally because of that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, you know, a, a lot of frugal foods can be very, very inexpensive. I'll just say that the staples in our house, and this might not work for everybody, everybody has a different diet, but some staples in our house would be like sweet potatoes, black beans and pinto beans that I boil from scratch. And, you know, just, it's very easy to boil beans. And, you know, um, whole chickens, because that's just good protein. And those would be like some staples. And those are all high in protein and fiber and they're filling and they're super affordable. Yeah, I think that's encouraging for um, a lot of people with maybe food allergies. Mm -hmm. Because I was in a Facebook group the other day and someone was saying like, I've just relegated my grocery bills just going to be high because there are so many things I can't eat. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but Mm -hmm. the cheapest things are all things you can eat according Mm -hmm. to the allergies you just stated you have. Yes. So I I think that people with different dietary restrictions should definitely take this into consideration. Yes. Um and be and take you know that self-awareness and reducing 
what you buy in food waste and be able to reduce your grocery bill. It's totally doable. Yeah. And I think that that kind of plays into um, the other thing that we were talking about with like image and like feeling like you want to have a visual abundance of Mm -hmm. variety, right? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. you don't like, you know, if somebody needs to give you permission today to not have a super varied diet, if you don't want to, like, you know, you don't have to have a huge variety. You don't have Mm -hmm. to have 30 different meals for the month. Yeah. You know, you can eat the same meal on rotation and it's okay. If that's yeah, if you like it, yeah. eat it. Most of the world lives off of the basics and it's yes. fine. Yeah. It yep. is fine. Get exactly. off of Pinterest. Yeah. Get yeah. off of there. Yeah. Right. Get out. If you want to get creative, then use your herbs and spices in a fun way. But if you're happy yeah. with having a rotation of four meals, do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's been our mantra too. And that's been, that's been amazing. And it's so, there's so much freedom when it comes to that. Like Mm -hmm. it's so freeing to just be like, yeah, you know, if this is what I like, it's okay that I eat it once every week, you know, once or twice every Mm -hmm. week. Like there's so much freedom and so much less pressure. Like me as a mom of four, that's like dinner on the table, you know? And I'm just like, it's, you know, I don't want to downplay it, but, but definitely like, reducing our variety of meals and just sticking to what my family loves that I know is nutritious has been so freeing mm-hmm. for me. So it's kind of like a mom hack too. Like just give yeah. yourself permission, just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing a good job by feeding them and your kids are so simple. Yeah. And you're also teaching them that it's okay to, you know, eat nutritious foods regularly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like keep it simple. Yeah. You're giving them permission too. So speaking of yeah. freedom, man, yeah, it right. makes Something me think I'm okay of having every the week. freedom of the best time of the week. It's time for the bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Mm. (laughs) All right, Angela, every week we have this one and we never get tired of it. (laughs) We invite our listeners or our guests to give us their favorite bill for this week or for their life of any time. So do you have a bill for us? Oh my goodness. I wish I knew somebody really cool named Bill to like mix it up for you guys today. Uh, but I don't. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, nobody knows nobody a bill. Bills, There's like, right? hardly any yeah, bills that's, out they're there. They're gems. <laughs> they're little gems. And that's why we get so excited about it. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm going to like keep it super basic because, well, this isn't basic. This is huge for us. The bill of the week for me is definitely uh, our mortgage bill because y'all, we just, paid. So we became debt-free a year ago and spent the last year building up those retirement accounts, um, college savings, emergency fund, and all that, getting like all that in order. And now we're working on paying off the house. And just this past Friday, we put our first principal payment. That principal payment that we put on the house was we put an extra $2,000 on the house. That took down the life of our mortgage. I'm using one of those amortization. I probably said that word wrong. Um, so somebody just can somebody say that word right? I don't know. Amortization? Yes. Yeah, you know those amortization yeah. schedules? Yeah, I think you're good. So I plugged that in. Yeah. 
And that, that extra $2,000 principal payment took four months off the life of our loan. Just that one extra payment and saved us over $2,400 in interest. Okay. Just that one. So if we do this every month, it's going to, we're going to have our house paid off in just a matter of about five years. So that was definitely, that was huge for us Amazing. um, because four years ago at Christmas time, we were broke and broken and just financially suffocating. And today at Christmas time, this year, right, you know, right around Christmas time, we are working on paying off our house and it's what we're doing now is returning dividends. So it feels like all the years that we lost being financially irresponsible, um, we're making up for that now. And I hope that your listeners can hear that hope that like, you know, there's a lot of shame that comes from being very irresponsible with money like we were, but like let go of that shame and move forward because it is never too late to mm-hmm. turn everything around. And now we're just in a completely different spot. Yeah. And um, yeah, the future's bright because of that, but you got to do something about it. You know, you got to put in the work, but yeah, that, so that is my bill of the week, putting that <laughs> Extra mortgage principal payment towards my mortgage. Woo! Uh, it feels so good. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing, Angela. How exciting and how much can be done in such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. Like that's gonna seem and four years from now, who knows? You might have your house paid off. Four more years. Gosh, yes. Be very very close. Well, if you have a bill that you want to submit to us, whether it's your mortgage or you actually know a bill, call (laughs) us. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. That'll connect you to our speak pipe and you can leave (laughs) us a bill right there and we will play it on our show. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning So normal, because we're talking so about soft. normal things today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, so for this lightning round, 
I thought it would be fun that we all go around and share one or several ingredients you always skip in the recipe. You know, when you find that (laughs) recipe and you see some on there and you're like, I'm never going to use that again. And then it just keeps coming up and you're like, I'm still never going to use that again, even though I see it a bunch of times. I'm always going to substitute like... that thing. Always, right. always going to substitute it. Always going to skip it. So, Angela, do you have any of those in your home? Oh, goodness. That was a hard one. That That's a hard one because I... Basically, I just skip whatever I don't have on hand. Yeah. Like if I, I'll make recipes and skip whatever I don't have on hand. And I find that like, you know, just add a little bit of salt, right? Salt is everything. But no, recently um, I was making, I wanted to make, I had like these rice noodles and I wanted to make kind of like a Asian spin of chicken noodle soup, but I didn't have, so I looked up a recipe and oh my gosh, like all these different Asian spices. Like I can't even, <laughs> yeah. I, it does, I can't even think of them off the top of right. my head, but it was all these different like vinegars and Asian spices that I just did not have. Cause, but I made that soup. I think the only thing that I had on hand was like some peanut oil, like that I had and some rice, a little bit of rice vinegar. And it totally gave it that, that was enough to give it kind of that authentic Asian taste for me. I mean, I don't cook authentic Mm -hmm. Asian food, but I was like, I didn't need all those other spices. So yeah, anytime I am making a new recipe and it's calling for something that I don't have on hand, I skip it. Uh But yeah, my, that, the Asian chicken noodle soup that I made was bomb. And I I mean, put barely anything in there, but it's good still. A common Google search for me is (laughs) substitution for... Fill in the yes, blank. I'm safe. always looking up substitutes. Yes. And it and it yes. usually works out fine. Yeah. Yes, it does. Only if you try to substitute like yeah. vinegar for milk, are you not gonna probably right. do a right. good thing there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. so for me, it's always bay leaves. For uh, some reason, I just do not carry bay leaves. Yeah. And every time, and I feel like I don't understand them. I don't understand bay leaves because yeah. they go in and then they come out. Right. And and I don't know what they've done. <laughs> um, Maybe nothing. Yeah, that's right. a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Um, or I was making a um, a recipe the other day that called for tamarind and I yeah. had to Google. I was like, substitution. Because, <laughs> hey, I don't know what this is. B, I'm not going to buy it at all. And lime juice. Yeah. Huh. Lime juice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So, I love how you yeah. guys mentioned Google. Like just Google the substitution. That's that's how we do every do. episode. We start it with a Google search. And then we <laughs> yeah. started we just Google help search. people like if they were gonna Google whatever yeah. the subject of whatever the headline yeah. of the episode what are you is. Find? That's the Google search. Oh and then gosh. we go through what you will find on Google. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I don't think we've actually ever like stated like that's what this show is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're just helping you explore Google. <laughs> no, that's as we are. Awesome. That is amazing. Cause it's so it's been huge. Yeah, it's been huge in everything that I've learned too. So it's that researcher. Yeah. It's that researcher. Yeah. yeah it's you need Google. the frugal yeah. friends to help weed through Google. Yes. <laughs> read through, yeah. So, that's so right. for me, it's fresh herbs. Like every time, fresh yeah. parsley, mm-hmm. fresh this, fresh that. Unless it's the summertime and I got it growing out in my garden, 
Oh, you better believe I'm doing some dried herbs that I've had in my pantry for five years. And it's just fine. They're never too old. They're always there. I mean, just keep in mind that if it calls for a half a cup of fresh parsley, that's like one tablespoon of dried parsley. Just be careful. You're not doing a half cup of dried parsley on that one. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to Google the (laughs) The ratios. Yeah. But it's Mm -hmm. it's always fine. Yeah, that's such a good one. I also yes. freeze. Like if I do buy fresh nice. herbs, I'll freeze them yep. and use oh. them. Like that's something else that you can do. But I'm with you. I could have said that one. I could have also said I'd never use fresh herbs. Like like you said, maybe in the summer I grew some or uh-huh. something, but very rarely do I use fresh herbs. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This has been truly one of my top 10 episodes. I think. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun yeah. today. We're oh just going to keep you on the line. We're going to stop recording, but we're going <laughs> to keep all talking. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens with friends when you just have friends. Yes. I love it. Y'all are the best frugal friends. We are so <laughs> lucky to have you. Yes. Yeah. We so are lucky fun. to be here. Um, yeah. Where can people find more about you and what you're doing in your your awesome cookbook that's got some really yummy recipes in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a website, uh, Debt Kickin' Mom and Kickin' Without the G. (laughs) So DebtKickinMom.com. And then where I started sharing was just on Instagram. So find me on Instagram, same thing, Debt Kickin' Mom. Um, And then I also have a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel kind of came when I started sharing more recipes and sharing more tips. And I just wanted like a longer video segment mm-hmm. than Instagram stories. So I also have a YouTube channel with the same name, Debt Kickin' Mom. So between those three resources, you'll be able to find lots of tips, frugal grocery shopping, uh, frugal groceries, frugal recipes, how I save on grocery and household items, all kind of like my frugal tips um, and also all about our story. So if there's bits and pieces of our story that, you know, I know I shared a ton today and gave you really the meat of it, but I share a ton of our story. I've been documenting our journey through the uh, baby steps of paying off debt and now financial freedom, paying off the mortgage. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yay. Well, I hope our listeners go and hang out with you on Instagram and everywhere else because... You are a delight. Oh, thank you. You ladies are too. I feel so fortunate that you had me on the show. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed hearing Angela again and all of the great tips that she shared. Uh, They really are like just choosing one or two uh, will make such a big difference in the amount of money you spend on groceries and takeout. And if you've got more tips to add or want to keep the conversation going about what you've just heard today, feel free to join us in our community group on Facebook, Frugal Friends Community. On Facebook, we are growing over there and having a blast. So love to find more Frugal Friends there. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing these episodes uh, with your friends and leaving us kind reviews on iTunes, kind of like this one from Shijena Odebijab Dad and Nenio. Good job. Thank you. Uh, It happens to be five stars and uh, says, changed my life. Saying that name changed my life. I (laughs) put that out there. Listening to it changed mine. The review, though, (laughs) 
is this is the podcast I didn't know I needed. I liked the idea of Dave Ramsey, but being that I am human, those ideals were admittedly hard to pull off. I needed the happy medium outlook. Now I'm a work in progress and I'm loving it. Doesn't mean labeling myself a failure if I spend money, but surprisingly, this more lax look on life has made me much less likely to splurge unnecessarily. My family is living a more affordable and eco-friendly life that's fueled by common sense and the love for healthy living. Thank you, ladies, for helping to improve the mindset of my entire household. God bless. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Jenna Dungeon, you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) So glad this to one be was in the you. Facebook group, and you specifically asked me to read <laughs> the name. So I did. It sounds like you practiced, and I'm impressed. And I'm also so grateful for the review. <laughs> we also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we're giving away a copy of the original Frugal Friends workbook. Woo-woo. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher with really long and confounding names so that you can laugh at us when we read them. Uh, and send the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to tag us on social. Even if we don't reply immediately, we do see it. And see you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Um, Jen, what's for dinner at your house today? <laughs> um, I have a pork loin defrosting. I don't know if it'll so be good. defrosted enough for dinner tonight, but it is defrosting. I, anything frozen can go in the um, pressure cooker and just become magic. So that's probably what will happen to it. <laughs> I'm so impressed by you. Thank you. What are you eating for dinner tonight? No, I don't know, Jen. Whatever's in the pantry. Okay? You can't just give me that question and then not have an ah! answer. Well, I'm hoping to have, like, get ideas from you. No, what I'll probably... That's a good idea. I should probably pull something out of the freezer. We just went away and just came back from being out of town, so we've got hardly anything. But I do, I do actually have some stuff in the freezer that if I think ahead and defrost it... All right, I'm going to do that. I make this really good. They call it like Korean beef and rice bowls. Bulgogi. It's easy. I'll do it. Yeah. Well, go pull it out of the freezer right now. Okay. Bye. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.